Welcome to the Partners of Promise podcast with Pastor Dorsey. We are so excited that you've decided to tune in and listen to another amazing teaching that is sure to help you win in life. Don't forget to visit PastorDorsey.com to financially support the growth of this podcast and the spreading of the gospel. Now let's get into today's teaching. With this word of prayer, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the word of God today that will go forth unhindered and unchecked by any outside opposing forces. We thank you that the greater one lives within us. You'll speak through our hearts and minds. You'll bring clarity and accuracy through your word. You'll give us ears to hear, Holy Spirit, which you would have us to hear and give us understanding so we can apply it to our lives. We thank you in advance for the manifestation of your promises and your plans for our life. We thank you, Father, for helping us to do your will and filling us with your power and with your love. We thank you in advance that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish what you sent it out to do. And I thank you that we are one mind and one accord, that we are in agreement for the lives of your people to be transformed as we hear this word. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. And amen. So let's go first of all, as we start this new series, on the benefits of prayer. Everybody say the benefits of prayer. All right. And then today we're talking about prayer changes. Everybody say prayer changes. That's it. Matthew today, prayer changes things. If we start this whole series, it's going to be probably a couple, several weeks. And we need to understand prayer uh, because when we don't understand prayer, we have a problem communicating with God. And when you don't communicate with God, you struggle in life. You're inconsistent. You don't have the love. You, you let things overcome you. You don't understand the power that can flow through you. And it's kind of like having plumbing issues. You know, the water's coming to the house, but you got leaks in the pipes. You know, uh, your faucet's dripping. You know, you don't have the full force of what it could be because your, your plumbing is not lined up correctly. And prayer is a communication tool when we talk to the Father. So it's like talking to anybody. It's amazing how many cell phones I see that people use. Technology is everywhere pretty much, right? Uh, so people know how to communicate to one another, but the issue is not talking to one another. The issue is really, we need to learn how to talk to God. And people spend so much time on technology, communication, watching TV, all these multimedia things, but they spend very little time talking to their father. And I'm talking about Christians, by the way. I'm not talking about the heathens. I'm talking about saints. That got real quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning, okay? But we're going to learn that your most important asset is spending time with the Father. Your most important asset is talking to the Father. And this is what we're going to learn today. So let's start, first of all, start with Psalms 103. And I want you to build an appetite for prayer. That's my goal at the end of this series, that you pray more when we're done than you do right now. And that you pray, everybody say pray in the Spirit. So we're not just talking about talking, you know, human language, uh, you know, whatever your dialect is. I'm talking about praying in the spirit because that's the most effective way to pray. Sometimes people are just throwing up words and see what sticks to the ceiling. You got to know how to pray. Prayer is not throwing dice at Atlantic City and you hope God hears you. I'm going to teach you prayer is guaranteed. Everybody say prayer is guaranteed. So we're not just hoping in a mission, you know, hope. No, this is guaranteed. When we do it according to the Bible, we always get what we ask for. Amen. Because we're asking according to the will of God. Amen. Look at Psalms 103. Look at verse number two. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his what? Yes. All right. So how many know there's a, there's a benefit to prayer? Yes. Okay. So there are benefits to prayer uh, that we need to understand and we don't want to forget those things. So even though we've been saved, you are saved, being saved, you're walking with the Lord. Don't forget the benefits. And notice what I want you to read. Verse number three, who forgives what? All your inequities, who heals all your what? Diseases, who redeems your life from what? Destruction, who crowns thee with what? 
loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with what? Good things so that your youth is renewed like the what? Eagles. Okay, everybody say all the benefits. Okay, so these benefits are acquired through prayer. You can read the Bible, but without a prayer life, the Bible's not real. You know, it's kind of like just reading Ebony, reading sports. You can read books, but they aren't alive. So what prayer does, it makes the pages come alive to you. The Bible says the spirit quickens. Okay. Now he quickens us as we spend time in prayer and as we fellowship with him. So we need the quickening of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Luke 11 and let's get to the crux of it today. Everybody say prayer changes things. Okay. So I want you to develop a strong prayer life. You're only as strong as your prayer life. You know, and of course, you know, a lot of saints think they're only as strong as long as they've been saved. You know, I've been saved 20, 30 years. That doesn't mean you're a strong Christian. It's not how long you've been saved. It's your prayer life. If you don't spend time in prayer, you are definitely, everybody say, I'm still loved of God. So when we talk about prayer and what we're doing, it's not that God doesn't love us, he doesn't care for us. But there's things he expected us to do, and if we're not doing it, we weaken the foundation of our life. And when we don't pray, then it affects the quality of our Christian, you know, our love, you know, and how we walk amongst us. It doesn't mean God doesn't love us, but we're not obeying him. Somebody say hallelujah. All right, look at Luke 11, and we'll see from the scriptures. I can say I'm going to have to teach this to you guys. Amen. <laughs> and you already know these verses, so it's nothing new. Let's just, you know, kind of go a little deeper and understand the importance of prayer because you really don't know something unless you're doing it. And people say, well, I heard that before. Well, I, I know that. But if you're not doing it, you don't know. Amen. You know, people say, well, I know how to pray, but you don't pray. And prayer is not a, uh, you know, kind of like going through the motions. Prayer is a lifestyle. You know, so as a Christian, you should pray every day. You know, it's funny how we brush our teeth how often? Some people three times a day. Uh, you should shower or you need to tell how many times a day? At least once with this heat. <laughs> now, we're not going to condemn you if you don't want to shower every other day. That's what we need to talk to you. I'm just saying, uh, it's practical to do it every day. How many know there's a benefit to shower? How many like to smell good when you come out that shower? So you got that nice shower gel on. Oh, man, it got that long in it. Amen. So my point is, but there's a benefit to showering because you want to be clean. Yeah. Well, how much more is there a benefit to prayer that your soul remain clean? Yeah. You know, that I want to hear from the Father. And see, here's the other piece you got to understand. This is why Christians struggle making decisions because they don't hear God clearly. We have become dull of hearing because we don't spend enough time in prayer. So we got to ask folk, is that God? You know, we ask other do you think that's God? You should know when you hear the voice of the Father, that is God talking to you. And the reason we don't is because we don't spend enough time hearing his voice. So when we have to make quality decisions, when we make life choices, we struggle because we don't have the voice of the Father. We don't have a prayer life. Hallelujah. And when you don't have a prayer life, you struggle to hear the Father's voice. Look at this, verse uh, Luke 11. Well, actually, hold on to Luke 11. Let me just go on since I brought it up. Let me go to St. John 10. Go to St. John 10. And I want you to know, God wants you to know his voice. St. John chapter 10, verse number 3. And this is the key to Christianity. Spending time with the Father, fellowshipping with the Father, walking with Jesus Christ. 
And most of us, it's kind of like we got saved and we put the car in park. So we got saved and we haven't moved out of that parking spot since then. We haven't prayed in tongues. We don't come to Bible study. We're not spending time in the word. And again, it, it doesn't mean that we don't do it sometime. But I'm trying to get you to say, it's a, everybody says it's a lifestyle. All right. So this is something you should be doing consistently. And I was, you know, when we're talking to the brothers, we don't just do it to stay safe. We do it as a salvation and lifestyle, as an experience. So it's not works. It's really, everybody say it's fellowship. All right. So that's why you can experience victory when you do it God's way. And look at St. John 10, verse 3. And again, uh, the goal is just to practice what we're learning. So we want to practice our lifestyle of prayer and fellowship with the Father. So here's what the one of the benefits. Everybody say one of the benefits is hearing the voice of God. So, uh, you know, and that's one of the things we'll talk about later. But today I just want you to see how prayer changes things. But you need to know this and we'll go to it later. But it says, verse number 3, St. John 10, 3. To him the porter openeth and the sheep hear his what? voice okay and he calls his own sheep by what by name and he leads them what okay so it sounds like the father wants to lead you in your life but notice he only leads those who what okay hear his voice so if i'm not hearing the voice am i being led no why because i don't spend time in prayer so when i don't spend time in prayer i don't know his voice so that's why a lot of times people are confused in their head. They're hearing all these voices. And because prayer eliminates the confusion of the enemy. Here's what it says. Verse number four. And when he put his forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep do what? Okay. For they what? Okay. So how do we follow Jesus? We, we what? Okay. So how would you know his voice? the word of God and everybody say pray. All right. So it's got to line up with the word, but I'm going to hear it in prayer. So prayer refines my hearing. Prayer removes the wax. It removes the blockages. It removes the, uh, you know, inconsistency, the doubt, you know, so you want to hear God with a clear voice. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Look at verse number five and a stranger. Will they what? Okay, so why don't we follow strangers? For they know not the what? Because the their voice is strange. It doesn't line up with the word. So anything that doesn't line up with the word is not of God. Okay, so this is one of the keys. So when we talk about this prayer, so let's go back to Luke 11, is that we, we want to have some certainty in our life. And this certainty comes through God changing things. So, I mean, prayer changes things. All right, and you heard the cliche, a family that what? Prays together what? And that means coming to church together, praying together, serving God together. That family's going to stay strong. It's not how much money they make. Amen. It's not how much education they have. It's not where they live, the neighborhood they live in. It's a family that what? Prays together, they do what? Stay together. And again, you may have different prayer time, but you got to be praying in that house. And the reason families break apart is because people stop praying. And they stop praying. What happens? The heart gets hard. How many heard of Moses giving them a, a bill of divorcement? Because what? Of the heart. They say what? The heart. Why? Because they want to seek God. See, when you start seeking things and not God, your heart gets hard. And then it's hard to get up, put up with other people because you're in the flesh and you don't like other people's flesh. 
Amen. And when you were dating them, they, they were the love of your life. They were rose in the garden. Amen. The rose is sharing the lily the vow. They could do no wrong. Matter of fact, their feet didn't even stink when you were dating. <laughs> you didn't even notice the corns on their toenails. Amen. <laughs> oh, they're so beautiful. They hang it up. Then all of a sudden you stop praying. Man, the food don't taste right. And you start complaining. And you start murmuring. And we know what happens when people start murmuring and complaining. They start leaving. <laughs> we did that last week. So these are signs, but because what? The heart gets hard when it's not under prayer. See, and, and what happens is you can't reconcile because people aren't praying. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. You can't reconcile with flesh. Only the Holy Spirit is pliable from hearing God's word. You can't put this word on your flesh. The word goes in your heart and your heart controls your flesh. It's not about your willpower. It's about prayer power. Everybody say prayer changes things. All right. So a family that what? What, what happens to them? All right. You want to stay together with your family? So what you going to have to start doing? And keep on praying. Amen. Everybody say keep on praying. Luke 18 and 1. Jesus said we should always pray and what? Never. You won't lose heart. If you're giving up on your job and your career and your business on people, you are not praying. Go to Luke 18, one real fast. I'm trying to get to Luke 11, but hold on. Luke 18, one. And this is going, this is where the rubber meets the road. Talk is cheap. People say, well, I'm discouraged. I don't know what's going on. Get back and pray. Prayer warriors don't complain. Prayer warriors are, are bold as a lion, righteous. You know, but prayer warriors don't look at the negative, they look at the positive. Come on, prayer warriors will call those things which be not as though they already are. Prayer warriors don't talk about what they don't have, they talk about what God said they already have. Prayer warriors can walk on water instead of going under the water. <laughs> Amen. Prayer warriors command the authority from the word of God. Amen. And uh, this is good. Everybody say prayer changes things. All right, Luke 18, 1. Jesus said, he spake a parable unto this end that men ought to always what? Pray and never what? Never faint. Don't lose heart is what the uh, New King James says. So pray and don't give up. If you're giving up, it's because you stop praying. Now, it doesn't mean you're not saying words. And we'll talk about this later because people think they just mention words as prayer. Prayer is from the heart. Prayer is not just sitting in a prayer position. Because you could be in a prayer position, your mind's on McDonald's. Because you come to prayer doesn't mean you're praying. You know, and it's what I, because it's your heart and mind being lined up to the Father. You know, it's like being in school or in college. It doesn't mean you learn anything because you're sitting in class. Your mind's on your girlfriend or boyfriend. So when you're in prayer, everybody says it's a heart thing. All right, so go back to Luke 11. And let's look at how this prayer changes things. And this is God's plan. So we see now, so how often should we pray? Always consistent. Now, that doesn't mean you're on your knees 24-7. You're walking around with a Bible in your hand. Prayer is your position, the position of your heart towards God. It's open towards God. It's like your cell phone. My cell phone's on right now, but I'm not using it. Right? But if I need to, I can make a call. But am I connected to the towers? All right? So I'm in constant connection with the towers. See, that's what prayer, my heart's in constant connection with the Father. So while I'm working, while I'm doing things, the moment he speaks, I can see it on my phone. The moment he needs something to say, my heart lights up. There it is. He's talking to me right now. 
You know, the moment he leads me to do something out of the ordinary, I know his voice so I can know that's my father talking. That's not a strange call. That's not a robo call. That's my father talking to me. Everybody say I got caller ID. That means you know the caller, right? <laughs> so when the father talks, how I many know? It lights up on your phone. Amen. He wants you to know his voice. So look at Luke 11. And this is a process, so you may not be, you know, fully walking in it right now, but that's what we're going to do to teach you so we can help each other to learn how to walk in God's best. So Luke 11, 1, let's look at this in regards to prayer changes thing. And it came to pass, St. Luke 11, look at verse, chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he had ceased, his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to what? As John also did what? Okay. So number one, when we talk about prayer changes thing, you have to understand key number one, you have to be taught how to pray. And it's what most Christians really don't take out time to do. They think the moment I get saved, I know how to pray. You don't know how to pray. Jesus had to teach his disciples. So somebody's going to have to teach you how to pray. Because most Christians either make noise, they have no understanding of prayer, the power, the authority. It's, it's a process of learning how to pray. Now notice if it was a dumb question, Jesus said, you should already know how to pray. You're with me. That's not what he said. <laughs> how many know they were watching him to pray, right? But because you watch somebody pray does not mean you know how to pray. What did he say? Verse number two. And he said unto them, how many know? He's going to teach you. Okay. Now, everybody say Old Testament. Now, you have to understand, Jesus is still alive. So he's under, operating under the old covenant while he's establishing the new covenant. But the new covenant doesn't take effect till after he dies and resurrects. So what he's giving them is a, everybody say a model prayer. That needs to be updated when he's resurrected. Because right? right now, they don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So this prayer is a model prayer. It's a safe prayer for them to use right now. But this was not the prayer he's telling you to pray every day. Got real quiet. Amen. <laughs> he said, when you pray, say. Okay. Now, prayer involves what? Saying. Prayer is words. People come and say, oh, I have an unspoken prayer request. There's no such thing in the Bible. Amen. That's not a prayer request. That's meditation. If it's unspoken, it's not prayer. Somebody say hallelujah. That's a, medi- that's a thought. That's a meditation thought. But that's not prayer. See, prayer is vocal. Everybody say prayer is vocal. You have to give voice when you pray. And you don't have to be loud. You don't have to be quiet. You know, God's not nervous, but he's not anxious either. <laughs> you know, he can hear your voice. Some people get a little bit more excited or exuberant. That's fine. Be who you are. But prayer is not based on how loud you are. Prayer is based on, you know, you communicating to the Father with words of faith. Everybody say words of faith. That you're saying and believing what you say. So number one, he says, when you pray, which is words, give voice to it. He says, say. So you got to speak when you pray. And of course, we know speaking in tongues is a part of our spiritual prayer life. That's why he's given us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let me just look at this right here. So he says, when you pray, everybody say, say. Say, say some words. Say something. Don't just sit there. 
Now, after you have spoken and your fellowship with the Father and you're meditating with the Holy Spirit, you can sit there and hear the voice of God as he ministers to you. But you start off with words. The Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving and to his gates with what? Praise. Come in. Thank you, Father. I praise you. I worship you. And notice what he says, the order that he gives us. Our Father, which art in heaven, he says what? Hallowed be your name. Come in with some praise and thanksgiving. Don't just come in. I need a thousand dollars by sundown. No, come and say, Lord, I just want to praise you, first of all. I want to thank you for saving me, I want to thank you for taking care of my family, for providing our jobs, our homes, our car. I thank you for keeping our bodies healed, healthy. Thank you for the doctor. Thank you for whatever you have. Father, I praise you for peace and joy. Thank you for keeping the kids. Thank you, Father, that you are good, that the heaven and earth is yours. I thank you for opening doors. Thank you for favor. So, Father, I just want to praise you as I come in prayer today. How many know I'm going to have to take out some time to pray? See, this is not, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. No, we're not talking about them nursery rhyme prayers. <laughs> you know, you, you're a Christian now. It's time for you to grow up in your prayer life. And don't be praying Hail Marys, you know, on the way to sleep. You, you had 24 hours in a day and you couldn't give God 20 minutes. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm busy. You're not that busy where you don't have time to pray. No, what it is, you're not understanding the benefits of prayer. That you think you can live in this world, a fallen, sinful, deceitful world, ungodly world, and you don't need to pray, but Jesus had to pray? Who are you? Did Jesus have to pray? So why do you think you don't have to pray? He prayed because he was son of God. No, he prayed because he loved the Father. And he understood the importance of how to communicate with the Father, kept him from sinning. Kept him in the, hearing the voice of the Father. Kept him from making mistakes. I mean, we're talking about a man, Jesus Christ, who lived 33 and a half years and didn't sin once. How many know? I need to learn how he prayed. <laughs> I want to know everything I can from our Lord and Savior. So my point is, don't think you're going to escape by not praying. When you don't pray, you give place to the devil. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When Everybody said, when I don't spend time in prayer, I open the door and cause the enemy to have place. When I pray, I shut the door and kick the devil out. <laughs> he has no place in my life. And I can walk with the Father in total victory. Right. Now, it's really not about them, but it's about you not giving place. So when you don't pray, you don't allow God to flow through you the way he desires. OK, so it says when you pray, say, and this is what he was saying. You know, these words, look at verse number two, come in with worship. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. You will be done as in heaven as it is where. All right. So prayer represents submission. Okay, number one, I come in with worship and thanksgiving. And, you know, number two, I'm looking at this smile. Okay, now I'm submitting my will. Lord, Lord, not what I want, but first of all, Lord, your will be done. And what is his will? Everybody say his word is his will. So I already know what his will is. So I already thank you, Father. I want your will to be done in my life. I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I look at heaven. It's fully supplied. Nobody's sick. Nobody, you know, is ill. Everybody's blessed. So that's what I want in my life. Your days ought to be like heaven on earth. 
That's how we ought to live. So when I pray, I'm not praying about the situations alone. I'm praying, Lord, I know what your will is. Your will is to fully provide for health, healing, for souls to be saved, to build your kingdom. So, Father, I thank you that your will is being done in my life. I desire your will. Okay? So, I know I haven't even got to what I need yet. Because first, it's about God. When I come to prayer, I need to work. If you go to a king or a queen, the first thing you do is bow. I'm talking about the natural realm. There's a monarchy over in England or other other uh, countries where if you back, go before the king, how many or they curse you, right? So if you come in that press, what's the first thing you do? You're supposed to bow, give reference to their position in that country, right? So it doesn't mean you agree with everything they do, but everybody say pay respects. All right. So number one, when you come to prayer, pay your respects first. Don't just come in. I need this. Who are you? It's like your kids come in. You got twenty dollars. Hey, are you gonna ask me how I'm doing today? Good morning, Dad. Good morning, Mom. How you doing today? You know, and and just come and get with, and then they leave out your prayer. How would you feel? <laughs> Amen. We're supposed to come in and, and fellowship. See, prayer is about fellowship. It's not about just see. When I fellowship, I'm gonna get what I need. But it's not just getting from God, it's spending time with God. And what most people look at prayer as is like a, a Christmas list. Like he's Santa Claus. Come on, come on. You know, Christmas time. Here's what I need, Santa. You know, so they come approaching prayer, it's all about what they can get. It's never about how about loving him back. Who woke you up this morning, started you on your way? Who created the heaven and earth that you walk on? Who created the oxygen that you breathe? Who provided the provision for your life? Who made ways for your family? Who healed your body when you couldn't heal yourself? Who saved yourself? Who's heaven are you going to go to? What about giving him some praise? What about worshiping him this morning? Amen. And I'm talking about every day you pray. Every time you come in, approach him as a king. He is the king of kings. Approach him with some honor and with some respect. Bow before his throne. Worship before his throne. And just begin to thank him. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise him. You are good all the time. Even when I don't deserve it, you're good to me, Father. Hallelujah. You forgive all my sins and all my... Lord, you don't hold my wrongs again. You are a forgiving God. You are a loving God. I just worship you. And see, then all of a sudden now, before I get to my healing, all of a sudden now, why we're healing manifests. He said, before I ask, you already know what I need. He wants to supply that need. So sometimes while I'm worshiping God, my healing manifests. That's one of the keys. If you want to receive from God, learn how to worship him. Prayer, I worship God in prayer. Prayer changes things, amen? All right, then we say to the next one, give us this day or what? All right, now I'm at, Lord, I thank you for my provision today. Whether I need $10 million, whether I need 20000 whether I need 500 Lord, I thank you that you have already supplied that need. Give us this day or what? So notice what he said. He said, well, I'll be doing this daily, so every day I'm thanking him for provision. Right? He says, and then he says, forgive us our what? Sins, as we forgive everyone who was what? Indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from what? From all that is evil. Okay, now go to verse number 9. So I should be praying, look, when we just finished, hold up, go back to verse number six. Let me slow down a little bit. Verse number four, go back to verse number four. Let me, let me look at this with you. It says, and forgive us our what? 
Alright? So in prayer, I confess my sin. Now, I don't have to wait to get to prayer to, to say, you know, Lord, I repent. I can repent in the call. Right? So I'm not saying I wait till prayer time. I'm saying when I confess my sin. Remember, you only confess your sins to who? God. James says, confess your faults to one another, not your sins. Okay, even though a fault can be a sin, you know, I stepped on my brother, so I apologize, but it wasn't intentional. So, you know, keep your sins between you and Jesus. Don't tell people your sins. Because they can't forgive you. Jesus is the Savior, right? All right? You tell them your sins, they're going to be looking at you sideways next time. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> All right? Now, how many know God is a forgiving God? But people tend to remember some things. All right, so keep it between you and Jesus. But notice he says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is what? Indebted to us. Here's the part I want you to see. And lead us not into what? Okay, so he's praying. Now, God will never lead you to be tempted. So that's not what he means. Neither tempted he any man. What does he say? Keep me from temptation. What does that mean? Give me the power to be led by the Holy Spirit so I can make the right choices so I won't be overcome. Now, we're going to be tempted. So he's not talking about I won't be tempted. But what he said, keep me from falling. Protect my heart. Fill me with your power so I won't fall into temptation. But deliver me from what? From all evil. So part of your prayer is deliver me from any evil today. See, you should be praying, keep me from evil. You know, what does that mean? My spirit man to be alive and to be aware. So because the Holy Spirit can discern what's about to come down the pike. See, the Holy Spirit knows things to come. So when you're in prayer life, he'll tell you, you know, not to go this way or that. He'll lead and guide you. I remember they were talking about the uh, people going into 9-11. And, you know, there was someone who were Christians who said, the Lord told me not to go in. And they were calling out, you know, different things, not just that, but other things. People said, don't go here or whatever. They're hearing God and it protects them from evil. Because you don't know what's going on in other parts of the world or whatever, but the Holy Spirit knows. But your prayer life can be a radar system to protect your life. And that includes your kids and all those who need protection as well. So he says, deliver us from what? All this. Go to verse number nine. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be what? All right. Now, this is the guaranteed results of prayer. He says, ask and it shall be what? Given to you. Seek and you shall what? Fine. Knock and it shall be what? For everyone that what? What happens to everyone who asks? They receive. And everyone that what? Seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be what? If a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? No. If he asks for a fish, what will he give him? He's going to give him a fish, not a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse 13. If ye then being what? evil or not perfect know how to give good gifts to your children okay everybody say how much more shall your heavenly father give the what holy spirit to them that what okay should we ask for the holy spirit okay if we ask for the holy spirit is he going to give us a demonic spirit all right what are you going to get the holy it's holy okay there's not two different you know type of thing god's gonna give you what you ask for but he's telling you ask for the holy spirit okay why you need power okay why do we need the holy spirit go to acts 1 8 i'm glad you asked everybody say prayer changes things and this is the first concept we got to get when we want to change things in our life 
in the lives of those who we impact. Acts 1-8. This is one of the most crucial keys once you get born again. Okay? First important thing, you must be born again. The most second most important thing as a believer is you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is what, again, a lot of times Christians overlook this. Or it's not that important. It is that important. And I'm going to show you how important it is. And this is why you got to read the scripture so you can spend time with God so you can see how important it is. Actually, start at verse number four, Acts 1 4. He says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded the disciples, the believers, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of who? The, so who said, who promised the Holy Spirit? The Father, okay? The promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have what? Heard of me. For verse number five, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hereafter. Okay, so the Father said, you know, to Jesus, don't go anywhere. Jesus said to the disciples, but wait for the what? Okay, what is the promise of the Father? The Holy Spirit. Okay, did Jesus tell them to wait? Wait until they receive what? The promise. Okay, so is being filled with the Spirit important? So what? Don't underestimate what Jesus said. And you, you're, you're, you know, people are so aggressive about making money, pursuing goals and dreams in life. You ought to be more, you know, pronounced about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because you can't get rich God's way unless you get filled with the Spirit and be led by God. Because we read, He goes before His sheep. And he leads us by his voice. So the most important thing I need to do is get filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. But you're not filled with it. How many can have a a glass with some wine? But that doesn't mean the glass is filled. God wants you filled with it so you can be led by it. He wants you filled with it so you can have power, okay? And notice what he says in verse 5. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Verse number 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons which your father's put in his own power, but you shall receive what? Power after what? All right, that's enough right there. So when do I receive power as a Christian? You said after. After what? All right. So when I get born again, I'm saved, but I'm not a dude with power. The Holy Spirit gave me the power there, but it's not fully equipped. You can have a gun with no bullets. How many of you use some bullets in your gun? When you go hard and practice and shoot names. <laughs> but you need some ammunition, all right? So the Holy Ghost is your spiritual ammunition. Yes, you have God, but you need the power from God. And this is why a lot of times when Jesus said to people, well, I need, notice what he says, verse 8. But you shall receive what? Power. Oh, oh, think about it. Were they born again at this point? So why did they have power? What did they have? They had salvation, right? But they had the Holy Ghost power. So when you get saved, yes, you're in God, but you don't have that Holy Ghost power working in you. So therefore, the level of your ammunition is it's not like a warship. You're like a little GI with a gun. You got one single bullet. Pow, pow, pow. You got to reload. But when you got the Holy Ghost power, you got like, you know, those uh, we call the Uzis or M16s. Rapid reload. Oh. 
you taking out everything in your sight. Grenades, you fully armed. So as a Christian, how many know you need the power of the Holy Ghost? All right, verse 8. You shall receive power. Everybody say after. The what? Okay. So when do you receive power? Okay. So if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't have this power. And if you're not speaking in tongues, you don't have this power. Now, it's his will for you to speak in tongues. That's the plan of God. Go to Acts 2. And we'll show you this. Amen. Everybody say prayer changes things. All right. Number one, we need the power to change. Amen. And this is what we're going to go through. So this is going to be a process, but we're going to get there. Amen. So Acts chapter two, verse one through four. And we need to teach this so you understand you have to have a prayer life and the power of your prayer life. So you're not waiting for other folks to to help, you know, uh, turn things around. You can change it yourself. How many know you can go to your prayer room and change your financial condition? You can go in your prayer room and change that doctor's diagnosis. I mean, what is prayer for if it doesn't change Why did Jesus do it all the time and the disciples want to learn it if it didn't? Why? They saw him pray and come out and lay hands on the sick. They saw him pray, walk on water. They saw him pray, command the winds and storm to stop. They saw him pray, multiply the fishes in the Lord. How did he do it? Everybody say it was prayer first. All right. So they saw the results of his prayer life and they saw these miracles happen. Every time he prayed, miracles would happen after he get done praying. And they said, man, teach us how to pray like this. OK. And this is what we're learning. But notice was Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. OK. Was he? Y'all got real quiet. Go to Matthew 3 real fast. Amen. I want you to be educated Christians now. I don't want you to be guessing. I want you to know the word. Your life is on the line. And if you're going to know any book, know the good book. The B-I-B-L-E. And we're following whose example? So we're showing you how Jesus prayed, how Jesus filled with the Spirit. So now again, if he lived in this world, he had to pray. What makes you think you don't need to pray? And if he was filled with the Spirit, what gives you the right not to want to be filled with the Spirit? Let the church say amen. (laughs) How many know every believer needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, again, when I first got saved, I didn't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit maybe three weeks, four weeks out. So I didn't get it right away, but I was seeking it right away. And I'm going to show you, you need to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit as soon as possible. Don't delay. Why? Because it helps us to walk in the fullness and the power that God has for our lives. And it gives us control. To be obedient to the Father. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Look at Matthew chapter 3. Look at verse number 16. The Bible says, and when Jesus, when he was what? Baptized, went up what? Straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were what? Open unto him. And he saw the what? Spirit of God descending like a what? Dove and what? Sitting upon who? All right. Was he filled with the Spirit? Okay. Let's go back to Acts 2. So if Jesus was filled with the spirit, do you need to be filled with the spirit? Okay. So let's, let's start them tongues rolling. In. <laughs> hey, let's get the baptism of the Holy Spirit rolling. Amen. You ought to be speaking in your heavenly prayer language. Let the church say amen. amen. Acts two, look at verse one through four. How many know we're spirit filled church? All right. So we got to teach you how to be spirit filled, not religious, but to be spirit filled. 
Now, when you go on your job, you don't need to be speaking in tongues to your boss. Get to work. <laughs> Amen. They're paying you per hour to work, not to talk in tongues. But when you go in your car at lunchtime, you need some power, go and fill that tank back up. Amen. They're getting on your nerves, going out there, I need to take a walk break. If they can take a smoke break, I can take a walk break. I'm going to walk and pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to build myself up by praying. Remember, Jesus says, building up your most what? Holy faith by doing what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take, they take a smoke break, I'm going to take a walk break. And I'm, while I'm walking, I'm praying in the Spirit. I don't need to be loud and boisterous because the Father hears me. I'm just going to pray. I got out by shut up. And all of a sudden, my tank started going from the end on up to half. Okay, I'm going to get the recorder. I'm going to be full by the time I go back in that building again. And now they're not going to get on my nerves because I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm going to control the circumstance and I'm going to love the hell out of them. <laughs> Amen. They're not going to overcome me. I'm going to overcome evil with good. Hey, I don't care if they're prejudiced, race, it doesn't matter to me. I have the Holy Spirit. Who's got the greater power? You do. So that's why I need to be filled so I don't succumb to the forces of this evil world. And the folk you working with, interacting with, they're going to get, listen to me, when you're not filled, they're going to push your buttons. And they'll have you walking off a job when you need to take care of your family. No, let them walk. Amen. It's a showdown. Remember the OK Corral, those old Western movies? And they went down on Main Street, said it's going to be a showdown. One guy stood here, other guy, and they, they said, now you draw first. Well, we don't have to worry, because I already draw when I pray the Holy Ghost. Don't even come out on the street corner. You're done. <laughs> because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to work on my behalf. So look at Acts 2, look at verse 1 through 4. And when the day of what? Pentecost was fully come. Pentecost 50, 50 days after the resurrection. Let's come. They were all with one accord in one place. Okay. So who was in one accord in one place? All right. What were they commanded? Wait for the what? Promise of the Father. Don't go anywhere. Don't preach. Don't teach. If people want to preach and teach, they want to tell other folk about, you're not even filled with the Spirit. Sit down. Somebody say hallelujah. You don't need to go to Africa, India, or Egypt. Sit down. Is this what Jesus said? Don't go anywhere until you're first what? All right. So don't teach, don't preach, don't think you know anything. Humble yourself and be filled. Because if you're not filled first, that's the first order of God. Be filled with the Spirit talking in your heavenly prayer line before you think you're going to teach or go somewhere. Jesus said, don't go anywhere. Sit down until you get this promise. Amen. Here's what he says. They were all with one accord, one place, 120 in the upper room. Verse number two. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were what? All right. So when I'm praying, I don't need to be on my knees. Just so we can see. Prayer is not just on your knees. You can be sitting in a chair. When I pray, I'm sitting down most of the time. I'm not on my knees. Somebody say hallelujah. Prayer is not a physical position. It's a heart position. You know, a lot of church, you people religious, get down on their knees before they go. You look, even when I come to church, if I hadn't prayed before I start teaching you, it's too late. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you now I pray when I open just, you know, as a courtesy to get an agreement over my, but I'm not praying for what I'm about to do. In other words, I'm praying to the Father, but my prayer life is before I come here and pray. How long was that prayer I prayed? Two minutes? Maybe a minute? How many? You got to pray more than a minute, you're going to work for the Lord. That's just kind of introduction, you know, let's pray, come and agree. But my point is, you know, a lot of people, folk, they come bow down before they get on the altar. Man, it's too late for that. 
<laughs> when you come, you're already ready. See, then Jesus wasn't religious like that. But you got a lot of religious folks. When they pray, their voice changes. Lord, our Father, what you are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Daughters, sons, <laughs> call you children, all the children. <laughs> yeah, like that voice changes. That's not prayer. That's religiosity. You ought to talk the same to God as you talk to everybody else. And when people preach it to you, they want, ha, ha, ha. Bunch of religion. And I'm sweating because I'm hot. I'm not sweating because it's religion. <laughs> yeah, they got to tell. They, they fan in the preacher. Pray, pray, pray. Can I get it with it? Can I get it with it? A witness, we need a scripture, brother. <laughs> you ain't said nothing yet. <laughs> Tell me what Jesus said. <laughs> but my point is so when we pray, and you gotta understand, you don't change your you know your tone, your language to make it sound holy. Because that's not really holiness. Holiness is fearing God. It's not how you say it. So there's no form, you know, all of a sudden you got to change. Jesus was the same 24 seven, you know, and that's what you're supposed to be. When you pray, you don't have to change or, or go into some different, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, image or whatever and change who you are. Be yourself. Somebody say hallelujah. So when they were praying up on, they were sitting down. They weren't on their knees. But notice verse three, there appeared unto them the cloven tongues like as of what? Fire. And it sat upon how many of them? Each of them, now here's one what you get, verse number four. And they were all filled, underline the word filled, they were all filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Okay, well, that's one thing. So what does it sound like when you feel the Holy Spirit? Look at the next verse. And began to what? Speak with what? Home. So when they were filled, what happens when I'm filled? As the Spirit gives up. So when you're filled, what happens? Okay, so look at the reverse. If I don't speak in other tongues, I'm not filled. Amen. I need the evidence. The evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is when I speak in my other heavenly prayer language. But the tongues is what the Bible says, right? All right, so how many know? We need the tongues. All right, let me show you some examples where the tongues came. Go to Acts 8. And we, won't, we don't finish this week, we'll finish next week. Everybody say prayer changes things. Alright. The first thing we need to do is get the power. Everybody say, I need the power to make the change. And that's what I'm really talking about today. Just getting the power of the Holy Spirit to make a change. You are supposed to pray in the Holy Spirit. Now look at Acts 8. Actually, before you go to Acts 8, go to Jude 20. Jude, it's only his one chapter before the book of Revelation. Look at verse 20. And then we'll come back to Acts 8 because I want you to see this first. Now, we have corporate prayer every second and fourth Friday night from 6 to 7, only an hour. We have it on Wednesday nights from 6 to 7.30, 6 to 6.30 every Wednesday. But you got to pray even when you're not in church. Jesus said we should always what? Pray and never what? Prayer is a lifestyle for the believer, okay? Look at Jude verse 20. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your what? 
most holy faith by praying in what? The Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So he says, building up your what? How do I build up my faith? Praying in the Holy Ghost. So go back to Acts 8. Okay. So when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, what am I building up? The faith of God, my spirit man is being renewed. I'm becoming stronger and stronger. So this is why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because you need the power of God. You don't have the power of God if you're not filled with the spirit and praying in your heavenly prayer language. Somebody say hallelujah. But God wants you to be filled. So don't say it's not for me. How many know it's for every believer? All right, look at Acts 8. And look at verse number. Let me see where I want you to go. Let me see. Hold on one moment. Look at verse number 14. Acts 8, 14. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. So how many know they were saved? Right? They got the word. How many know they were born again? Right? All right. But what were they missing? Okay. So this is how important it is for you to be filled. So here's what happens. So they sent unto them who? Peter and John. Look at verse 14. Acts 8, 14. So they heard that they got saved. They got the word. So what, the, what were they missing? Holy Spirit. So is the Holy Spirit baptism important? Okay. So it's so important that Peter came from Jerusalem, Peter and John, so the saints could get filled. Okay, so notice what happens. Verse number 15, who, when they were come down, prayed for them. Okay, so they prayed for the believers that they might receive what? Why, why did they do all this? Because the Holy Spirit is important to your salvation. He is the comforter, the guide, the helper, the, the work alongside. He, he's your friend, the counselor. He's, he's everything you need. Without him, you can't do anything. So yes, I'm saved, but without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I have no power. So I can't fight the force of darkness. I can't overcome bondage and things of that nature. And that's why Christians who are not filled with the Spirit, they struggle. They, you know, they're all, they have the heart to be saved, but they don't have power. And, you know, if you can't fight, you can't win. So that's why a lot of times they're waiting to go to heaven. You don't have to wait to go to heaven when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, you can have victory here on earth. You can dominate every circumstance, every addiction, every test and trial. You're not a, a victim. You're an overcomer. But if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't see the power flowing in your life. So they came down that they might receive the what? The Holy Ghost. Verse 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of what? The Lord Jesus. Verse number 17. Then laid they their hands on them and they received what? Glory to God. They received what? All right. So they, they're already baptized. That's not enough. How many know you need the power of the Holy Ghost? All right. Go to Acts 10. Acts 10. We went over these scriptures before, but I'm going to show them to you again. My job is to teach you the word of God, right? Verse 44. Acts 10, 44. I want you filled with the Holy Spirit based on the word of God. Jesus said, wait for the promise. Somebody say Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 44, Acts 10, 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost, now remember, this is Cornelius, uh, who was this, uh, you know, Italian centurion man. 
And what he did, he was praying and giving alms to God. And then he said, okay, now go to Joppa, send some men. They're going to tell you what to do. Now, this guy was outside the cup, but he was a believer. He was praying and giving alms, Cornelius, but he needed to be sealed. His giving and his prayers got God's attention as a memorial. God said, I'm going to send men to your house, and you're going to go with them to Peter uh, to go get Cornelius sealed. So they're at this rich man's house. Who, have ne- who has never heard about this baptism, but it's so important that this is the thing God told Cornelius, you need to be filled. Cornelius was praying, he was giving, but I'm, how many know we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Everybody say, this is how prayer changes things. All right? Prayer changes things when you get filled with the Spirit and you start praying in the Spirit. And I'm going to close one and let you see it, but I want you to look at how he did it with other believers. So these believers weren't just saved. That's not enough to be saved. You need to be filled. Somebody say hallelujah. Verse 44, Acts 10, 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost did what? Fell on how many of them? All of them which what? Heard the word. How do we know they got filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, based on Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, they all should have the same outcome. We ought to be hearing some tongues. So while they yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them, which heard the word, verse 45, and they of the circumcision, which believe were astonished, talking about those who kept the law, and as many as came with Peter, because that on the what? Gentile. He had the first baptism of the Holy Spirit as a Gentile or outside of the Jewish people. And he got it because he prayed and gave to God. Glory to God. He says, they were astonished because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of what? The Holy Ghost. How do we know they got the gift of the Holy Ghost? Verse 46. For they heard, heard. You can hear when you feel. When I first got filled with the Holy Ghost, words start coming out. I'm not and I and I didn't know how I was going to feel, how I was going to sound. But when those words start flowing out of my belly, the Bible says, "Out of your belly would flow rivers of living water." All of a sudden, I was saying, "Thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah!" And then when the Holy Spirit came on my body, all of a sudden, I felt my tongue loose. And I started, I didn't know what it meant, but I love hearing the sound. I felt the anointing, God. I felt the power, God. I was being filled with the Holy Ghost. And those tongues have been rolling ever since. Hallelujah. I have power from on high. You have power from on high. The moment you get filled, not just to get saved, I got to get you filled. You got to understand, it's not enough to come to Christ and just say, yeah, I didn't get you to heaven, but we're trying to dominate while we're on the earth. We want to cast out demons and devils and take authority over sickness and disease and have power and peace and joy in our families. And you need the power from God. So he says, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of them heard them speak with tongues? Let me show you one more witness. Go to Acts 19. Everybody say, prayer changes things through the power of the Holy Ghost. So when we go in prayer, we're not going in alone. We're going in with the Holy Ghost. We're going in with our ammunition. We're going in fully loaded and armed. So when we start commanding things to leave, they leave the moment we say it. Acts 19, look at verse number one. Here's some more believers who were born again, but that's not enough. Everybody say, I need to be filled. And this is how the church is supposed to overcome. 
Acts 19.1. And it came to pass while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain how many, what do they call disciples, okay? He came upon the believers, right? And what did he ask? Now think about the question he would ask these believers since they were in church. He didn't, he didn't say, what is your denomination? You know, who's your pastor? He wasn't interested in that. He won because see, it had just been poured out, right? So everywhere he's going now, he said, the first thing you need to know, if you are a disciple, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the first question. He didn't even ask, how long have you been saved? It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Have you been filled? Look at your neighbor and say, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Yeah, that's, that's what Paul asked. He says, he found these disciples, verse number two, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Look at your neighbor and say, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Look, I don't care who your pastors, what church you go to, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? You are a believer, you ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't make sense if you're a believer and don't have the Holy Ghost yet. That's what Paul was saying. This is normal, standard procedure. Somebody say hallelujah. This is not, you know, like out of the blue. Every believer needs to be, are we reading these scriptures this morning, saints? Do we want to have a better prayer life? Do we want God to move in our prayer life? Well, we got to have the power so he can flow through us. God's not keeping back your blessings, keeping back your family from being saved, keeping back your provision. No, the devil's not even keeping it back. We have to release it by the power on the inside. He says here, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Oh, I love that question. Hallelujah. And they said unto him, now here's what most, most Christian church folk are saying. They said to Paul, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Because most churches don't teach you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because guess why? Guess what the reason is that they don't teach you? Because they aren't filled with the Holy Ghost. Birds of a feather flock together. So if they aren't filled, they can't teach you how to be filled. But Paul said, since I'm filled, I'm going to tell you, you need to be filled. And as a matter of fact, let's do it right here. <laughs> right now. He's a right now God. He's a right now God. Amen. We're going to do it right now. We're not going to hold on. See, and here's the thing I want you to know. You don't have to be wait to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to come back next Sunday or next week. The moment you realize I don't have it, I can receive it right now. We can lay hands on you and you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you can start speaking in your other tongues right now. Somebody say hallelujah. They said, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. Look at verse three. He said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto what? All right. Which was what? Why? Okay. So they only went as far as water baptism. And that's what most Christians or church goes to tell you. I've been water baptized. If you ask them where they say, guess what they'll tell you? When they were water baptized. They equate water baptism with salvation, but the scriptures don't. And, our, you know, the culture we have, they think being water baptized is being saved, when actually being saved is being saved, water baptism comes after salvation. Somebody say hallelujah. John was putting in water until Jesus came. But how many know? Jesus has already come. The water comes after confession. 
Amen. And this is what we begin to see. He says, okay, what were you baptized? They say John's baptism, verse four. Then said Paul, John verily baptized the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were what? Baptized in the what? Name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had did what? All right, what's going to happen now? He laid hands on them, sounds familiar. And what happened? Holy Ghost came on them. And what's the next step? Sounds very simple. Why are we complicate being filled? <laughs> you don't have to fast and pray to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. So it sounds very simple. And they were all filled with what? The Holy Ghost. Okay. So this is the plan and purpose of God. How many know God wants you filled? God wants you walking in the plan and purpose. All right. So let's close it. Go to Isaiah 56. Somebody say hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm supposed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, Isaiah 56, look at verse number 7. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of what? Prayer, okay. God's house is a house of what? Prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for what? For all people, okay? Go to Mark 11. St. Mark 11, verse 16 and 17. I'm closing out with these scriptures and we'll pick up next week. Mark 11, verse 16 and 17. Everybody say prayer changes things. And how do we change it? Through the what? Power of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say through the power of the Holy Spirit. Praying in our heavenly prayer language. Mark 11, verse 16 and 17. And he would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. He taught, this is Jesus, saying unto them, It is not written, it is not, is it not written, my house shall be called a what? House of prayer. Okay, how, called of all nations the house of prayer. But you have made it a what? All right. So instead of praying, they want to run business and do everything else. Church is not for business. The church is for prayer. It's a called a house of what? Prayer, not entertainment. We worship God. We seek God. We're, it's a spiritual place. It's a holy place. So this is not a place to carry out your personal affairs alone. Now, we fellowship and everything. I'm not saying we don't conduct things. But my point, the purpose of the church is to be a house of what? Prayer and deliverance. Okay? Go to Isaiah 2.2. This is not your workplace. Amen. This is God's place. And we get done, we go have dinner, we can break bread, go to the golf course, cut all kind of deals we want. But in God's house, we ought to be seeking him, right? I mean, we ought to have God on our mind when we come here at the church. People needing deliverance, needing healing and salvation. We ought to help those who we can. All right, look at Isaiah 2.2. This is New Living Translation. And we're almost done. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place where? On the earth, okay? What is the most important place on the earth? The house of God, okay? Which is called a house of what? Prayer, okay? So this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to start seeking God in his house. Because I know that's his plan. Okay? That's his plan that we pray and seek him. Go to Jeremiah 33. Oh, glory. Let's wrap this up. Jeremiah 33. All right? So when I pray and I seek God, guess what? Good things are going to happen. Jeremiah 33, look at verse number 3. Call unto me and I will do what? All right, so when I pray, do I get an answer? 
And the answer is going to be great and mighty, and it's going to show me things that I don't not yet do not yet know. He says, "Call unto me, I will answer thee and show thee great and what mighty things which you know not." Go to verse number six, same chapter. I'm sorry, verse eight, same chapter. That's not it. Hold on. Verse six, yeah, verse six, same chapter. Jeremiah thirty three six. Behold, I will bring it health and what cure, and I will do what cure or heal you and reveal unto you the what. The abundance of what? Peace and truth. Okay? And let's close out with Romans 8. Hallelujah. 26 to 28. I'm going to read it today. We'll pick up next week right here as well. Let the church say amen and amen. How many know prayer is important? How many know we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? All right. Everybody say prayer changes things. Okay. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also will help us for what? Infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. In other words, in every circumstance, we don't know exactly the words that we should express. That's the thought. It doesn't mean we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to specifically say in every circumstance. But the Holy Spirit itself maketh what? Intercession for us with groanings which cannot be what? Uttered, okay? So when I don't know what to say, who's going to speak on my behalf? That. He, he's saying, so I still got to pray, but when I pray and I don't have all the right words, it's okay because he's given me the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's a perfect prayer I can pray without knowing exactly what to say. The Holy Spirit takes over in my prayer life. See, that's, but if you're not filled with the Spirit, he can't take over. So you have limited your ability to talk to God because you don't want to get filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to tell you today, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you have unleashed the power of the Most High God out of your life, out of your belly. It's going to flow rivers of living water, and you're going to have a more effective prayer life, and you won't be waiting a long time, because the moment you call, He's going to answer you and show you great and mighty things. You don't know our glory to God. So when we get filled, the Holy Spirit, everybody say, He intercedes for me. All right? The Bible says... Uh, he was grown is which cannot be up. Verse 27. And he that searches the hearts knows God looks at my heart. He knows what is the mind of what? The Holy Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for who? The saints. Glory to God. Everyone say the Holy Spirit intercedes for me. Every time I pray and the Holy Spirit, he intercedes. See, I'm limited by what I think and know, but he's unlimited. So I'm going to bring him with me in prayer and I'm going to pray with the Spirit and I'm going to pray in the Spirit and my prayer is guaranteed to be resolved. You got to understand the power of praying in the Holy Spirit. It is the only perfect prayer we can pray. Because it's not based on our ability, it's based on the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says what? He searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what? All right. So the Holy Spirit does not intercede according to your flesh. He doesn't intercede according to your greed, your lust, or what you think, your opinions. He's only interceding according to the will of God for your life. Glory to God. So the safest way to pray is to include the Holy Spirit because he's only praying the will of God for your life. And he's going to accelerate his plans. And then verse 28, here's where we get to the kicker. Amen. Put your seatbelts on for this one. And we know. Oh, I love that. Who knows? Tell me who knows. 
Who knows? It says we know. Who's he talking? Who's the we in this context? The folks that pray. The people who have a prayer life know. Talk to me, church. You need to know it's working out for you. And the only way you're going to know whatever you're going through is going to be turned around is number one, everybody say, be filled with the Spirit. Number two, have a prayer life. These are the people who know because 28 comes after 26 and 27. And you can't quote, and this is what most people, most people do, they quote 20. I know all things. No, that's not what it says. Put it in context. Because if you don't pray, you can't get to verse 28. Somebody say hallelujah. 26, the Holy Spirit intercedes. 27, he searches my heart. 28, all, everybody say all this is in prayer. See, this is a picture of the prayer life of a Christian that's spirit-filled. And when he gets to 28, now the Christian who has a prayer life that's spirit-filled can quote verse 28. But the people who don't want to pray, who don't want to be filled with the spirit, you just hope it. You don't know. And I got to get you from hope to knowing it's working out for your good. Knowing I'm on top and not the bottom. Knowing God is with me. Knowing that all my needs are met. Knowing that I'm healed when I leave the doctor's office. Knowing my children will be saved and serve the Lord. Knowing all things are working out on my job and God is bringing abundance. I know the Family Life Center is already provided for what? I have a prayer life. See, I already know. So I'm working from a standpoint of knowledge. I've been praying in the spirit. I already know it's done. Talk to me, church. I'm not guessing. I'm not anxious. I'm not nervous. I'm not hoping my bills are going to be paid. I already know. You can spend enough time with God until it gets you hoping and guessing. No, until you know it's already done. Jesus was raising Lazarus from the dead and he talked to the Father. He said, I'm praying right now, not for you, but to the Father. He said, I want you to know that the Father always hears me when I pray and I already know he's coming up from the grave. Jesus said, I know that the Father's with me. Always. He said, this commandment have I received. I have power to lay down my life. I have power to pick up my life. How did he know? He spent time in prayer. He wasn't guessing walking around the earth. He wasn't guessing about coming up front. He had time in prayer. So when you leave prayer, there's a knowing. There's a knowing. There is a confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according unto his will, we know. We have the petitions. We know the prayer has it. We already know. Verse 28. And we know all things. Everybody say all things. Work together for my good. And to those. That love God and who are called according to his purpose. How many know today? 
Amen. Say, I already know. <laughs> Come on, get God praised. Amen. We'll finish next week. Come on, say, I already know. Come on, already know. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I already know. Come on, I'm spending time with God. I already know. Thank you, Father, that I already know it's working for my good. Thank you so much for tuning into today's teaching. We know that faith comes by hearing God's word. After that, faith must be acted on. Be sure to apply what you've heard on today and put that faith into operation. Be sure to join us on another episode of Partners of Promise with Pastor Dorsey. And of course, we would love to see you at Revival Fellowship Church, located in Newcastle, Delaware. Want to meet us? Be sure to visit us at 3071 Newcastle Avenue, located in Newcastle, Delaware, zip code 19720. Until then, walk by faith and not by sight.